0: Welcome back to Mastering Meetail, a podcast brought to you by Digital Commerce at Essential. In this episode, we're digging into the importance of data, and data is the very last topic of this season. We'll be focusing on media-related data here, and in our next episode, we'll cover navigating the retail side of data, because remember, meetail. I was given a clear mission to talk about AMC, or the Amazon Marketing Cloud, in this episode, and was on a personal mission to understand advertising data myself. I think I accomplished both. My name is Emma Irwin, your host for this series. I've worked in e-commerce for about a year and I'm on a journey myself to master me Let's introduce our guest for this episode who's going to educate us on e-commerce advertising data, AMC, and her three key points when it
1: comes to this topic. I am Gloria Steiner. I've been with Perpetua for around three years. I currently lead the business intelligence team And so we help any of our clients with any kind of data integrations or custom reporting, and also focus on the Amazon Marketing Cloud. And we need to know how she got here. It's definitely a complicated background, but I started off with actually hospitality, just working with people and helping people was my passion, but always had kind of a nerdy side hustle of learning how to code, create websites things like that. So actually, after I graduated from hospitality school, I went into more finance with big data sets and then got more into, I guess, the data coding side. And then I kind of quit the hospitality field, went into startup world and found this job at Perpetua called data strategist, which was the perfect mix of working with people, but also data. And so I started the customer success team and then grew into you know, the business intelligence world and now leading the BI team.
0: So, you've heard Gloria mention her company, Perpetua, a few times now. So, I figured I'd ask her to tell us a bit more about Perpetua and everything that they
1: can do. Perpetua is a platform where you can optimize your ads online. So, we're currently on Walmart, Amazon, Instacart, and Target. So, you can create goals, which will then create campaigns in all these different marketplaces. And we will automate the bidding, automate keyword harvesting budget allocation, placement optimization, so many things so that you as the user has more time to focus on larger strategies versus the little details of changing bids, etc. And you can manage everything from one interface versus, you know, logging into all these different interfaces, which is amazing. But yeah, we're basically ad optimization software.
0: And of course, before we really dig in, I had to ask her a recurring
1: question of the last thing she purchased off of Amazon. Oh, wow. Good question. <laughs> I'm actually, I don't purchase a lot on Amazon. Oh, you know what? I had to film a whole bunch of videos for Amazon Marketing Cloud. I did one dressed up as Steve Jobs, and we're doing another series of three more videos. And so I had to purchase some more outfits for those videos.
0: All right. One more question before we really get into it. I'm going to ask it now, and then we'll come back to it at the end. So it's something to think about over the next however long we talk. But something that's been on your digital wish list for who knows how long, but you won't actually purchase it. It just kind of lives in the digital space, but you never actually purchase it. And everyone that watches your activity online is like, please just purchase this. Thank you. But we'll come back to it if that sounds good.
1: Yeah, I definitely have to think about that
0: one. Now that you know more about Steve Jobs, or sorry, Gloria, we can really get down to business. But if you want to see Gloria as Steve Jobs, check out Perpetua on YouTube. We came here today to talk about data that exists in digital advertising, specifically AMC, but we'll get there. The first question I have for you is, why is understanding your data important? Large question there,
1: (laughs) but Definitely a big question. If I'm going to focus on e-commerce and advertising, you can't really optimize anything without the data piece. So having a lot of data is really important, but actually using it is the hardest part. So you can have a lot of data, but you need to really know how to use it to really optimize your campaigns or your performance. And we're just getting more and more data. And that's where kind of like automation comes into play as well and creating models to work off of the data to really optimize. But it's so important to review certain metrics to to optimize your business.
0: Because you can't just create a campaign or, I believe, goal in perpetua
1: terms and just let it fly, right? You technically could, but it's definitely not best practice. We have created a machine learning tool to really optimize that goal, but you definitely still need to review your metrics. We make it really easy for a user to look at nice visuals, to make changes and look at those changes and see how it affected your campaigns and those metrics. So yeah, data is always really important.
0: We've talked about understanding your data, but in digital advertising, what are the numbers actually giving us? I asked Gloria to tell me about the common metrics that are used in our industry because anyone can look at a set of numbers, but not everyone can make something useful out of that set of numbers.
1: So obviously sales and spend. Those are attributed from different types of sponsored placements. So with that, the most important ratio for me is a cost. So spend divided by sales. So how much you're actually paying for that sales in a percentage. We have cost per click, which is another one of my favorites. So how, how much are you paying for that click to then purchase your product? We have conversion rate. So conversions divided by clicks. So how many people are actually converting off of how many clicks you're getting. So that's really to tell, is your ad working? If people are clicking and they're not buying, then, then the, that's kind of a red flag of, is it something to do with my product, my product detail page? You can really go through many different things. And then on the other side, we have click-through rates. So that's clicks divided by impressions. Are people even clicking my ad? And then that takes a step back further and comparing your ad to competitors' ads. And so what does those look like? And should that be better? We have average order value. On average, how much are people paying for your products per conversion? And then most importantly to me is the total sales. So that is, we get new metrics such as organic sales. So really seeing, are those organic sales increasing? Not only your attributed sales, but both should be increasing together or even better organic outpacing your attributed sales over time. So making sure you're just increasing. So if you're increasing spend, then your organic listings should also be increasing in tandem.
0: And does Amazon give you all of these metrics?
1: So interestingly, Amazon gives us all the attributed metrics I mentioned and the total sales metric. But the organic sales, we actually derive from we have all the attributed spend and and sales numbers so we can then derive the organic sales number. And then we can create a metric called blended ACoS, meaning spend divided by total sales. So that's really seeing how much your profit and your bottom line is on Amazon.
0: Up until this point, you've heard most of our guests talk about ROAS or your return on ad spend. I'd ask Gloria why she looks to advertising cost of sales or ACoS instead of ROAS just to keep us all on the same page.
1: Oh, man, I think uh, it's just something that I started with at Perpetua and actually something that Amazon started with. And then now we're moving over to ROAS. So I'm just not used to, in all honesty, not used to seeing the ROAS number, which was kind of always in the DSP as a metric. But for sponsored, ACOS was always spoken about when we're looking at profit on attributed um, on sponsored spend. So now everything's moving over to ROAS, but I'm just so used to that percentage. And I think a lot of advertisers still are because it was native in the console.
0: And so ACoS is a percentage, right? And then ROAS is like a dollar amount.
1: Correct. Yeah, it's the return on your ad spend specifically.
0: Okay. Foundations of understanding data accomplished. Next, let's talk AMC because what is a podcast titled AMC without actually discussing it?
1: That's definitely the golden question and something I get. Even though I've explained it a million times to people in my company, I still get what is AMC. It is a bit more difficult to understand, but my favorite way to explain it. So down to the detail, it's a clean room and clean rooms exist for Facebook and Google. And now Amazon is catching up with creating their own clean room. And what a clean room is, um, it gives us user level traffic information, which is so critical to the world today and being able to attribute your spend, your ad spend back to certain line of events. So without the Amazon Marketing Cloud AMC, I would never be able to know if my video ad really helped someone in their journey on across different ad units to purchase the product that meaning if I, today on Wednesday, saw a video ad and then on Friday, I went on Amazon.com to purchase the product that I saw in the video ad on Amazon Prime, for instance, with AMC, I can know if the user did see the video ad because I can follow a user journey. And without that data piece in the Amazon Marketing Cloud, they would live as two separate structures and I would never be able to see the user ID cross journey. And how long has AMC existed? So I've been working on AMC since they created it, so it's been two years, and they've come a very, very long way with this product.
0: and why do you think it took so long? It seems really important. Why did it take so long for Amazon? You would think Amazon would get something like this out a bit faster than they did. What do you think made it take
1: so long? If I were to look at Google, Facebook, and Amazon, ad attributed revenue to their companies, or I guess Meta now, sorry. If I were to look at that over time, I think that we didn't expect Amazon to grow so much in their revenue and their ad revenue, and maybe they didn't even expect that, but to almost outpace these other companies and, or be at least really big competitors. So I think them looking at this business and saying, okay, we have something really huge here and we need to keep up with the data piece and make sure that we are up with our competitors as well. I think they just started to realize that and to grow that. But also the pressure of the cookie being gone in 2023, I think really just urged them to hurry up the process of creating the clean room and getting access and getting everyone access to the clean room.
0: And when you say getting everyone access to the clean room, does that mean any vendor or seller has access to the data that AMC provides? Where does that live? Is it in its own UI? Does it exist in the AMS UI?
1: Great question. Actually... So not everyone has access, I guess, but you could get access. So it does live in its own UI. Because we get user-level information, it's so important for Amazon to make sure that this is super privacy-friendly and making sure that everything is in its own kind of world in AWS. So how you access it right now, you get access to a certain UI, an agency, or a partner such as Perpetua. And we can then query using SQL, the coding language to query data, we can query the all the different tables that we get through AMC in the UI or through the API, and then get back data, transform it, make sure it's nice and clean and understandable for the advertiser, and give them those insights. So at Perpetua, basically, we, we create these proprietary queries to get data back and make sure that we can help advertisers understand how AMC and all their ad units are working together and create really nice reporting for them and get more visualizations and insights.
0: Last question that I have for you, or maybe it's not the last question, but when you're pulling AMC data, would you say that you need like a data science degree to understand what you're looking at?
1: No, definitely not. So I think I don't even have a data science degree. I learned everything off the internet and just doing things. So you can learn SQL if you really want to and start querying AMC, but I guess that's the hardest part. And then once you get that data output, it's basically just an Excel of all this data. And you just have to make sure that you understand what query that you ran, what it's actually um, showing you, and just making sure, doing all the checks and balances of, okay, this data is correct and um, this is what I actually wanted to achieve. And then what we do from there is just basically visualize it in a really like pleasing manner for the end client so they can understand it better.
0: Sometimes I think I understand things, but if I'm asked to actually give an example back of how to do or use what I'm talking about, I usually can't. I challenge Gloria to give me an example of how to utilize the data found within AMC, which she gladly did. And clearly, she's the expert here.
1: I think the most useful for from AMC is seeing overlap of different ad units because you wouldn't be able to see that anywhere else. And so, I know that advertisers. So basically, when an advertiser has spent a lot of money on sponsor product ads on Amazon, it's like me, you know, actually sponsor products, sponsor brands, sponsored display, they come to a point where it's okay. Like I don't have any more targeting capabilities. Everything's really Competitive, I need another strategy. And that's when they add the des- demand side platform to the strategy where there's more targeting capabilities and get more new to brand customers. And that's really important for brands to get those new to brand customers. And to get those new to brand customers, you need more top of funnel strategies. And that can be showing a video campaign, for instance, what I was speaking about before. But video campaigns, a lot of companies are so hesitant to pour money into those because they have no idea. If thousands or however many hundreds of thousands of people watch this ad on Amazon Prime, what happens after? And are those people really influenced to purchase your products? And so with AMC, what we're really able to do is show them the value of those videos and those video campaigns, meaning we create this number called the overlap metric. Meaning if we have a metric of saying a person is two times more likely to purchase from a sponsored product ad campaign on the native Amazon.com console if they have seen a video ad beforehand versus not seeing the video ad and just purchasing on sponsored products. So they're X times more likely to actually uh, purchase the product with that influence of the video campaign. And we're able to do that with any kind of ad unit or strategy. Um, And so that really shows the effectiveness of those ads. And we can see how many new to brand users are coming through, and really how those larger top of funnel users that we're we're targeting actually trickle down to the bottom and purchase.
0: And how did you navigate trying to figure out things like that prior to
1: AMC? Was that even possible? No, not at all. You couldn't see that. So basically, you were pouring money into this this video campaign. You can see some purchases because maybe they directly purchase right after that, but you would never ever be able to see that user journey. So this is completely new and so important for advertisers. And it's been really helping us to show the value of these larger funnel uh, or top funnel metrics.
0: Is there anything missing from AMC, like anything you would add to their feet or to its features that you think could be really important?
1: Right now, yes, a lot, just because they're still in the building phase, for sure. <laughs> I always have a wish list for them, and I probably sound like a broken record, but we, they only have... So on Amazon, their sponsored products, sponsor brand, and sponsored display campaign types. And right now, they only have sponsored products, which is great, but I would love to have the full user journey if they've been interacted with different types of ads on Amazon. Additionally, I would absolutely love organic data. So if someone not didn't click on an ad or didn't necessarily have to yeah, engage with an ad, but a clicked an organic listing product um, and then purchased, that would be phenomenal. I know they have the data, but they're probably hesitant to give that to us. And even knowing down to what keyword did they search when they clicked on the ad and to attribute that to certain search terms. So yeah, I definitely have a long wish list for them. Now you know about understanding your advertising
0: data and about this AMC acronym that you've probably heard used all over the place. This brings us to Gloria's three key suggestions for how to win on Amazon while paying attention to your advertising or media data. Let's get into number one. Okay, I'm going to move us into your three things, just going to talk about them a little bit more, but... Before we hit the record button, I had asked you to send me just kind of three suggestions or common mistakes or tips that manufacturers make or need to make when it comes to really succeeding using data in your advertising strategy. And so the first one you gave me is never rely on ACoS as your North Star metric. You need to always keep in mind how your spend is affecting your organic growth in conjunction with attributed sales. And so my follow-up question is, is there a better North Star metric?
1: Yeah, I actually kind of alluded it to in our first, in your first question um, about you know metrics and important metrics to watch. So ACOS is a good metric. Don't get me wrong, definitely follow it. But what's even better is that blended A cost metric, and that's really identifying how is my spend that I'm putting into um, all of my products uh, is that really helping my bottom line increase? And if your your total A or your blended A cost, so spend divided by total sales. If that's going down over time, that's fantastic because the spend that you're putting in is actually not only growing your attributed sales, but also your organic sales. And that is so, so important in your strategy and that you're growing, um, that that decreases, but your your sales are increasing at the same time.
0: And how specifically does your spend affect your organic growth?
1: We have lots of belief and have a lot of data to show that if you spend a lot more, so basically how how I like to picture it is that you spend a lot on a certain ad on Amazon, a lot of people are clicking the ad and purchasing your product. That signals to Amazon that your product is matching exactly what people are searching and want to buy that product when people are searching that that search term. So your product is good and more people there's more traffic and Amazon obviously gets sales from these clicks and also the actual conversion. So they will actually move your product up on the organic listings of that search term, for example, to get even more sales and more money for them. And so spend will actually directly attribute to your organic listing increase and then more organic sales because more people will be buying the the product from their organic spots as well.
0: Thank you. That's what we call the flywheel effect kind of. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for explaining it, though. So that sums up Gloria's first point, which is that ACOS can't be your North Star metric. Let's roll into number two. Your number two was don't try to compare to the same time last year or previous years. The landscape changes frequently in this competitive Marcus, Marcus, market. Thus, always try to benchmark to current times and your category. So my question is, how do you do that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question on how to do that. So you would have to really partner up with a tool provider. So we, we categorize all of our products and such that we have. In the, on our back end to certain categories, and then we can then benchmark um, our customers against kind of our database and see how everything is tracking. And that's something that we show our clients. It's not you that, you know, your CPC is rising. It's actually the entire category that's also rising with you. So to really make them not feel like it's their own account or their own spend, so continuing with the category. So I would say you would have to partner up with an, a tool provider who has this data and has that amount of data that they can then benchmark themselves.
0: That makes sense. I'm curious, do you think in the future, the landscape will ever stay like stable enough to actually be able to benchmark yourself year over year? Or will it always be moving so fast that you can't really do that?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I think since the start of my journey with e-commerce advertising, you could definitely not compare year over year, especially with pandemic times and everything is just changing so much. I honestly think that we go through a lot of different phases in what we want to buy and what's the new trend and things like that so comparing year over year maybe for some categories could be possible but probably not for others maybe electronics would be very hard to compare year over year because it's like what you're buying is your product still you know usable um, next year or is something new coming out so i feel like the times are changing so quickly but maybe a product like toilet paper is something that you could, well, maybe not pandemic time. But now you could probably compare year over year and see um, if though if that is stable. And
0: that sums up number two. As a reminder, number one was that ACoS can't be your North Star metric. And number two is that you need to consider all of the inputs that go into trying to benchmark yourself versus a prior period of time. Lastly, let's get to number three. Number three was that results take time. Don't identify something as not working if you don't see positive results right away, i.e. a week. Give it time and review the data over a 14 to 30-day period for impactful change. My follow-up question for this is, what if you're seeing negative results? Where do you go from there?
1: I guess I would have to question what negative results really are. It depends, I guess, on like the category and what you're really trying to achieve. There's a lot of different, I guess... Reasons why you could have negative results could be your due to your product, due to the category you're advertising in, due to your strategy. So I would really have to talk to the customer and see what's going on to give them advice on negative results.
0: I see. You used positive results in your sentence, which is why I flipped it backwards, like, what do you see if it's negative results? I don't know what they are, but <laughs> that was the basis of my question. And then you also said you should look at it over a fourteen to thirty day period for impactful change. Do you ever need even longer than that to really figure out what the changes are?
1: I use 14 to 30 just because attribution periods usually with with the data that we get from Amazon different ad units have different attribution periods but usually typically between 14 and 30 we really see if the amount of, you know, spend you're putting into those ads is really working. So within a 7-day period, you know, someone can purchase after 14 days. Actually, with AMC going back to AMC, we are able to see how long it takes for someone to purchase after interacting with the ad. And we've seen with sponsored product ads, it's actually like two hours people purchase, but it can be seven or fourteen days. With a video ad or a top of funnel ad, it's usually between seven and uh, fourteen days that they actually purchase after interacting with the ad. So that's why I say like wait and see if the if you're if the spend that you're putting into these ads is really working because you won't see results right away. You'll have to see if people actually come back and purchase the item and then make changes versus, you know, changing things constantly, which a lot of users do. And then that can really affect things that were working in the past that you didn't think were working. Um, and then you change something. And now that strategy doesn't isn't working anymore.
0: Would you say that clients who maybe are newer to e-commerce are not just not as familiar with the digital side of advertising come in expecting positive results to happen right away. And you kind of have to give that pushback to wait.
1: Absolutely. hundred percent. People think, especially with using a tool like Perpetua, that we're magic and that we will just give them all the sales possible. But it really, if you're new to advertising, you have to really understand that it does take a lot of time, especially with a new product with no reviews or ratings. It really takes time to build up your brand and your product on Amazon so you might have to have actually negative results uh, for a while until you really see the positive ones and the return on your ad spend.
0: And this wraps up Gloria's three key suggestions for success on Amazon, utilizing your media data. As you know, to wrap up our conversation, we brought back our question from the beginning. Okay, to round us out, I'm bringing us back to the digital wish list question. And so if you thought about it, That thing that you just won't actually purchase that just lives in a virtual cart forever and ever.
1: Honestly, it's probably um, traveling. So I probably put a lot of like flights in, you know, about to purchase them or uh, a hotel that I really want to go to or something like that. And then I don't actually follow through. I'm terrible at taking holidays. But that's kind of what I spend a lot of time doing and researching. So I would say that.
0: What place is on the top of your list to go to first?
1: Probably Spain. I absolutely love Spain and having back to Europe since, you know, the pandemic. So I'd love to go back there.
0: How about you? Oh, man. Okay. Ireland. That would be my oh. want to visit my heritage. You know, nice. we have a recurring question. This will be interesting. For our Amazon series, we ask people about dogs. And so do you have a dog?
1: We grew up having a dog, a uh, Bernese Mountain dog, actually. So I absolutely love big dogs, but I don't currently have one.
0: That's sad. That's sad. Does Perpetua allow dogs in their offices?
1: We wish, but the building doesn't allow um, dogs, unfortunately. But a lot of people at Perpetua do have dogs. And we have a pets channel where we just post really funny pictures of all our pets and what they're doing.
0: Can you go check your pet channel and describe the last picture of whatever animal is in there?
1: I don't even have to check because I saw it this morning and I thought it was the (laughs) cutest thing in the world literally this small little dog I guess it's like a little poodle the line was saying like any bit of sun to try to suntan and it's like coming from the window light there's just like small stretch of light and the dog is just literally laying in the sun and chilling um and just found that spot and wanted to to suntan in that spot and I thought it was the cutest thing
0: amazing I wish I was that dog <laughs> this wraps up another episode of Mastering Me if you're enjoying this series, please like, follow, subscribe, and share, and tune into our next episode where we'll cover the retail side of data, bringing us full circle to mastering retail. You can find Gloria as Steve Jobs and more tech moguls to come on Perpetua's YouTube channel, and you can find me, your host, at emma.erwinatessential.com or on LinkedIn. This episode was produced by Klaus Cancel with sound design by Enos Satenji. See you next time for our very last episode of this season of Mastering Retail.